0: I'm Kate Daniels. Life offers us incredible opportunities disguised as challenges or perhaps it's the other way around. Doug Siegel had an experience seven years ago. It came out of the blue on what was just a regular day starting out. Doug recounts the horrific accident along with his feelings and experiences over the course of two very long years in a beautiful book, Struck, a husband's memoir of trauma and triumph. It gives us a special opportunity to look for the miracles, the angels in our life, and what might look like tragedy on the surface. And there are numerous ways that I feel this ties into Dr. King's legacy, some of which we'll hear from Doug Siegel as he joins us now. Doug Siegel, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning.
1: Thanks, Kate. I'm happy to be here.
0: Doug, I am so grateful to you for being so open and honest and sincere and genuine and those kinds of adjectives as you've written this memoir struck, actually focusing on a very specific time of your family's life, a husband's memoir of trauma and triumph. And... There's just so much in this that uh, brings, you've balanced, I feel, tragedy with laughter so that it it doesn't feel heavy. And yet, you know, this was just over six years ago that this tragic, horrific accident occurred. And here we are. And having watched a video of a recent interview that you've done, um, we know that Susan, going through that horrific accident, actually survived and survived admirably.
1: Yes, thank God, yeah.
0: Yeah, thank God. But just over six years ago, things were looking pretty bleak. What was it, October 23rd, I think?
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, She was bringing our daughter, Alice, to school, and a freak accident uh, caused a city bus to swerve, lose control, and hit them head-on. And um, Alice... Miraculously walked away uninjured, and Susan broke nearly every bone in her body, including her neck. And as you mentioned, it's not a bummer of a story. She she survived. It was you know we have a lot of stars to thank for that, but um, uh, she did and is doing well today.
0: And the value of this story, you know, just crosses so many boundaries. I. Th- can think that it really is applicable for anyone to read and really be able to grapple with not just this kind of tragedy occurring in one's life, but just the way that you write and you question and you are soul searching and speculating. All of that, I think, is just things that some of us may experience ourselves. And this, I think, gives us even a, another avenue of being able to think of that in terms of ourselves.
1: No, thanks. You know, I, the book was born out of emails that I started to share with our friends and family while Susan was in the hospital. But as you say, they they grew to become much more than that as I grappled with and figured out how to navigate as a husband, as a caregiver, as an advocate, as a parent through all of this. But the real reason why I wanted to write struck was... From sending these emails, I realized a couple of things. One is that everybody's got their bus. You know, we've all been hit by something. And the other was that my emails weren't just sharing our story. People would write back to me and say, thank you. This has helped me get through this part of my life or this or help my child or help my spouse. And It was for that reason that I wanted to write the book and share the story, because if it could help others uh, get through whatever their bus is, that makes our journey even more worthwhile.
0: And that's such an important piece of it, I feel, Doug, is that we all have our different stories. but. Sharing the stories and hearing how people come through it, I think, gives us encouragement, gives us a way to maybe look at it differently, gives Mm -hmm. us just really important food for thought.
1: Well, and the other thing that I found is because Susan's accident was all over the news and it was publicly shared by our temple, you know, to the congregation and, and through my emails, it was very public. It was very loud, you know, and I had the the fortunate uh, experience of having this built-in support group when I sent out these emails. I got so much love and energy and support back, and what it made me realize that was that there are so many out there who are suffering but suffer silently, and... I know how important it was for me from, you know, a mental health issue, from just getting through this and having the energy to keep going, to have that support and to not suffer silently and to not feel that you're alone when you're going through this. And I wish, I hope that people will, one, the going through things, reach out, um, especially men. You know, women they tend to share more with each other than, than men do. Men are, how are you? And it's like, I'm fine. How are you? You know, And they don't really get into things. Women are a little more open that way. But in terms of our own mental health and ability to get through these things, to, to share and to realize, hey, we're not alone. And for those who are fortunate to be having a good run in their life and not be faced, just to realize that the person next to you is probably going through something. And just to come at others with with empathy and caring and the understanding that, you know, we're all trying to get through this together and that we're all generally good. I think people are good in, in these times of crises whether it's, you know, hurricane or fires or floods or whatever, people show up for one another. And I certainly and Susan certainly found that in in our circumstance.
0: And that is such a key part of it for us to really understand that kind of thing. a point of reading the book. It 9 11 came to mind, and thinking of how mm-hmm. people really came together and we really felt so united. This mm-hmm. felt like its own kind of version, where yes, your community, and even beyond the community, because the emails were being shared beyond to people you weren't even aware of.
1: Yeah, it again, I got emails from folks. I didn't know who said, I'm thinking about you, we're sending our love, we're sending our support. Do you mind if we pray for you and our church? And so it crossed religions, it crossed crossed everything, it crossed social dynamics. Because when you look at it, I mean, and you think about it, we are all the same. And with varying minor differences, but uh, especially today when things can feel so divided... Uh, when it comes down to the important things in life we 're not we are united, and we are there for one another. For me, it was a great affirmation of humanity and super moving i mean I can 't tell you how touched I was and still am when people read the book and reach out to me and tell me how how it helped them and and how or what you know beautiful words they are and Susan certainly credits the words, my words, and the book and our community to her healing. And, and me too. Me too. And,
0: and that piece of it, too, I think is so critical for us to be aware of how those prayers, those thoughts, going across the the country, perhaps around the world even, how that kind of energy really is so palpable and really had an impact, we believe, don't we, on Susan's healing?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, people would ask me, because, you know, in, in times like this, someone is sick or someone dies, a loved one dies, and you feel so helpless you know it's like well what can I do and in Susan's case nobody could go to the hospital she was in ICU and we had more food than we could you know deal with but um, through the generosity of friends but others they they continued to feel helpless and were saying Doug what can I do and I, I would say just send positive energy and love and prayer And they kind of said, yeah, 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 of course, but what can I really do? And they just didn't understand how important the thoughts and the prayer and the energy was. You know, I would wake up every morning and there were a hundred or so emails in my inbox just sending love. And Susan says that even in her delirium, she felt energy and love from those around her. And again, credits that to the healing. So I think we underestimate some of the things that we can't sort of palpably see, you know, as as, as being really real. You know, if you want proof, Susan is living proof to how that, that energy and thought and prayer can really help and heal someone.
0: Because considering how damaged... I think that's the only word we can use. She yeah. was so damaged in that accident. It's a miracle she actually survived. When I saw the picture, I thought, that's impossible.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. This, you know, this word miracle comes up a lot. And, that, you know, as you mentioned up front in the book, Struck, I I grapple with the spiritual issues, you know, God, and God's role in all of this, and and the whys, and the what-ifs, and all of those questions that we naturally ask when going through something like this, even though they're unanswerable, they're all unanswerable questions, we still ask them anyway, and yeah, Susan, you know, you look at that car, and one, you think, oh my God, how did Alice just walk away from that, you know, is one miracle. And then the fact that Susan was able to survive the injuries is another miracle, because I think while she was in the hospital, I was sort of blissfully thinking, oh, well, yeah, she has tons of broken bones, but broken bones heal. And I wasn't really aware of all of the complications that could have happened, you know, and there were so many Um and our orthopedic surgeon, I think, marvels at that and, you know, refers to her as a trauma victory, not just for surviving the accident, but for surviving the surviving of the accident, if you will. You know, all of those complications that could happen is another, you know, it's, it is, it's another miracle. And Susan talks about, you know, she talks about angels, and, uh, you know, she remembers being in the operating room uh, during one of her many surgeries and telling our rabbi that who came to visit that there were angels around her and leaning in and hugging her and so you know when you hear things like that you just have to accept both sides of it well you know maybe they were there maybe she felt them maybe they were real but whatever it was it got her through yes
0: And that's the thing for us to really, whatever it is that we may be going through, which may not be nearly as traumatic, maybe traumatic in its own right, to have that encouragement of how we don't choose these things to happen and grapple with why, but that we are able to get through it and to reach out to that community and to maintain uh, that positive attitude really moving forward.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was, as I said, it was my therapy, even though I didn't know it at the time. At the time, I thought, okay, I'm just sharing Susan's journey, and I'm sharing my journey, my emotional journey, my spiritual journey. But I, had, what I didn't know was that in all the feedback that I got back from sharing this, how important it was for me, too, in my mental health.
0: So, Doug... While, again, you would not choose this to happen, has it helped you to become stronger, uh, more grounded in a way? What has the experience then been for you?
1: It's, you know, yes, you you would never choose to have it happen. And then, and, you know, I write about this in one part of the book where Susan is having uh, some x-rays done, one of the many times she had to go through this and the technician looked at her uh, report and saw all of the broken bones i mean she broke her neck and her ribs and her pelvis and both arms and her leg and and more and and looking at this report he turned to her and said my god is there anything that you didn't break and she kind of laughed and said no and. Uh, he said, well, there must be a reason you're still here. And that wasn't the first time she'd heard someone comment like that. There's a reason you survived and you have this new opportunity. And that can feel like a lot of pressure, you know, to to be, okay, well, here's a second chance at life. What are you going to do now? You know, and it's like, what, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to solve world peace? Um, and it wasn't like either of us had a life where we were could look back and and think oh i regret not doing this or i regret doing this we were happy you know we had a good life there wasn't a need for an education so when the technician said this to her and uh, she responded like you know why what do i what did i need to do why did i need this he said well has your story helped anybody mm-hmm. and inspired anybody and she said yeah I suppose it has I think it has and he said well maybe that's the reason that you survived maybe that's why you're still here maybe this book is the reason for all of this Um, that's I think where I kind of land uh, with the whole thing is no I wouldn't wish it on us again I wouldn't wish something like this on anybody but if it can help others get through theirs, then then it is for a reason. So that's kind of where I am in, in terms of the the whole spirituality or groundedness. But it's hard, you know. You when when it was happening, I remember thinking, okay, don't sweat all the stupid small stuff mm. in in your life, Doug. I mean, whatever. I'm in Los Angeles. The traffic, you know. You, you can yourself in aggravation over the traffic and things like that and while the accident was happening I definitely held on to that feeling but it's hard to live like that every day to be in this you know uh, spiritually aware uh, place every day of every life because life creeps in and life's aggravations creep in and I don't think that's realistic I think that what is realistic is taking the time To remind ourselves that we are lucky and to love our family and our kids and hug them and our parents if they're still with us and, you know, and and not take the simple things of life for granted, but to really embrace them.
0: That is truly so beautiful because, as you said, what am I here to do then to... Uh, achieve, accomplish world peace, you know, it doesn't have to be something grandstand, but it's in the small things that all connect and maybe build that world peace ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being kind to each other, yes. Just uh, sharing a smile as you would sometimes do, right? Mm -hmm. Driving down the, the freeway. Those sorts of things when we can be kind to each other.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think you're exactly right that you know where where does peace come from? It comes from sort of giving and accepting and loving and And I'm sure there are many communities and cultures that don't require a crisis for others to show up anyway, every day for each other and to be there for each other. And it shouldn't take a crisis. It should be our way of living if we could get there. Wouldn't that be great?
0: Wouldn't it? Yes. Absolutely, there are so many wonderful stories that you share throughout the book. Your reflections—you state what's happening, and then you think about it, and share what's going on in the in the community. And and one of the beautiful things is people, because as you had said, Doug, this. Uh, Horrific accident was big news, and people kept remembering it over time. And uh, some years down the road, uh, you were at a Martin Luther King event at mm. your temple, and a woman uh, share with us that about the woman who had actually stopped with Alice. She saw her at the side of the road at the time of the accident.
1: Yeah, well, when we talk about miracles or you know these things that we can't quite explain, this really fell into one of them big time at the time of the accident uh, Alice uh, briefly lost consciousness and when she woke up she was in this crushed car and looked over at Susan and Susan was unconscious and Alice didn't know if she was uh, even alive or not and leaned over and kissed her goodbye on the forehead and got out of the car, which the doors had been blown off. There wasn't even a door to open. and She managed to undo her seatbelt and, and got out. But her backpack was stuck uh, in the car, in the passenger seat, and she couldn't reach it to get her phone out. And she remembers that when she got out, suddenly there was this woman standing there, an African-American woman in a bathrobe, And looked at Alice and said, is that your mom in there? And Alice said, yes, it is. And the woman, you know, very sweetly said, let's pray for her. And uh, Alice was very young at the time. Uh, She was 11. And she said to the woman, well, okay, but you should know I'm Jewish. And this woman who had a you know big gold cross around her neck took Alice's hand and held it to her heart and said, you know, honey, it's okay. In here, we're all the same. And um, she held Alice's hand, and they prayed for Susan in that moment. And Alice had told me a little bit about that story, not the whole thing. She just said that there was a woman there, and that woman lent Al the cell phone that she called me on that morning to tell me that they had been in an accident. And so I had tried to reach this woman uh, to thank her, and I nev- I couldn't reach her. I reached uh, a man who said that uh, he didn't know exactly what I was talking about. Maybe it was his wife, and I kind of let it go. And it was years later in this story that you're referencing in Struck, and sorry for being long-winded. And Not there, at all. That, um, we were at a Martin Luther King celebration, and, and, you know, ironically, about love and and the power of love. And uh, the musical director of the event came up to us and said, "There's a woman here you have to meet." And she had approached him and said uh, that she was that asked him. Was he aware of an accident that happened? And he said, yes. And she said, what happened to the people? Because she never knew whatever happened to Susan. And he said, well, she not only survived, but she's a member here of the temple, and she'll be here tonight. And this woman said, oh, my God, I have to meet her. And, and the musical director said, of course. And so when they finally met, the woman uh, confirmed sort of the story that Alice had told us. And there's a twist. I don't. I was going to leave it a, a not a spoiler and and hope that people discover it in the book. But that's there's fine. <laughs> a, a twist to the end of the story that makes the whole thing like go just beyond coincidence to something that's even more remarkable. So I think that's what you're responding to. Yes. Yeah? Yes,
0: I am referring to that. So then. This is a good point that we can say, mention your website and the availability of the book, because that is one good reason to get it, and we'll mention others. So your website, Doug?
1: My website is douglassegal.com, and that's Douglas, com. and the book is called Struck, A Husband's Memoir of Trauma and Triumph, and it's pretty much available... Online at all the major retailers or in your bookstores, Uh, they can certainly order it up for anyone. And uh, I hope people find it and discover it. And uh, the responses to it have been so good, and that feels so good as well, because it is, I think, helping others and inspiring others. And, boy, if we can do that, as I said, the whole thing makes it far more worthwhile.
0: Absolutely. So this is a great time. uh, When we think about um, wrapping up the year with all these celebrations, looking ahead to a new year, thinking of a special gift for someone who's, you just want to give them something special. There is so much as we've discussed in this last while Uh, in our conversation, Doug, that I feel there's so many gifts within the covers of Struck that will make the perfect gift for really anyone in a person's life.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's sweet.
0: And the other thing that I think is so wonderful about this book, I always like to look at dedications. This one is particularly sweet. For Susan, I never wrote you a show, which you'll find out in the book is, has its relevance. I never wrote you a show, but I did write you a book. I bet she thought that was great.
1: Yeah, that, um, that actually did uh, make her smile and uh, a little tear as well. Mm-hmm. It's funny. That's how you began the whole conversation. There are a lot of, a lot of smiles and a lot of tears through all of this. Uh, and that's life, you know we have to we have to find laughter through through and with our pain. I won't say through it. I'll say with it because they they live side by side. and um, that's what makes us human, and that's what is beautiful about living as hard as sometimes it can feel
0: And the smiles that is something as you describe those, especially the early days with Susan and how she would smile through this and still have a twinkle in her eye. Mm-hmm. She, she's all, you know, kind of tied down because of casts and tubes and all that sort of thing. Oh, and the halo around her head. And yeah. and yet, you know, she was able to smile. That, I think, also is encouragement to us uh, to, to remember how smiling might be a healing potion as well.
1: Yeah, and she, through all of it, You know, she would say, Ugh, why did this have to happen? But she never said, Why did this have to happen to me? You know, she never fell into being a victim of it. She kept that spirit, that joy of living. And I think that also was so critical for her to to get well and to get home, to keep finding the joy in life. I mean, there's one part in the book which I write... You know, after this whole thing, we're sitting around, Around it was around Christmas time and New Year's, and it's me and Susan, and we're in the cafeteria of the hospital in this little rec room celebrating ourselves, and she looks at me and she says, you know, aside from this crazy accident, it it was a pretty good year, don't you think? I like, oh my God, how can... How can you even look and say, you know, aside from this crazy accident, <laughs> this devastating accident, she didn't define herself by the accident. She doesn't define herself by the accident. It's, it's a part of her. It's, but it's not all of her. Yes. And I think again, that spirit is uh, an attitude. is is what has helped her so much.
0: And thus, in sharing this with us, Doug, you are helping us. In one way, we can look at it as a therapy book, but it is this incredible story. And I think we, each of us, can be all the richer for reading it and really embracing it. We have so much to learn. And you, Doug, have made it available to us because you've written it in such a great way. So, Thank you so greatly for sharing your story, making it available to
1: us. Thank you for having me on to talk about it. I really do appreciate it. And again, it's struck a husband's memoir of trauma and triumph. And I hope people find it and enjoy it.
0: And I underscore that with you. Many thanks, Doug. And if you are a fan of audiobooks, Doug Siegel himself has narrated struck, you might find that to really be a poignant way to appreciate this book.